Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're speaking to the women warriors in the audience about how they can thrive at work and live out the career of their dreams. Today, we're going to talk about mastering our mindset and energy to advance our careers. My next guest, Denise Hamilton, is the founder and CEO of WatchHerWork.com, a company that vows to become the number one advice destination for women in the world. Denise is a highly sought-after speaker, consultant, and media personality who is presented to Fortune 500 companies, nonprofit organizations, and professional organizations all over the U.S. She is currently the host of Lifetime's Project Comeback. She's also worked as a professor of business communication and the COO of the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce, advocating for the advancement of women through leadership and mentorship. And listen up here. If you are a man listening to this episode, do not turn this off. Although Denise's advice will be especially of help for women, there is just so much to take away. When I first spoke with Denise, I found so much of what she said resonated with my own past. And I know that you'll leave this conversation too with a new perspective. So buckle up with an open mind, and let's launch right into it with our Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Denise, how are you doing today? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. You know, I totally messed up. I meant to launch this on International Women's Day, but I think when you and I first spoke, we um, it's just by coincidence that I think we did this episode, so... Thanks for being on. I think this is going to be awesome. Absolutely. So just want to set the stage a little bit with your background. You founded this amazing company um, that was targeted specifically for professional women. What made you focus on women versus the general professional population? You know, I solved my own problem. I was an executive for a really long time, over 20 years, and um, I was often the only woman or the only African-American in the room. And so every woman in the company thought I should be their mentor. Mm. And it occurred to me, like, this is not sustainable. Like, you can't have a coffee 11 times a day. So um, I really started Watch Her Work to be able to support Myself and my fellow cohort of female executives that want to help, but want to help in a way that's more structured and a way that allows us to scale that mentorship advice. Because that's really the problem, right? Women are incredibly smart, incredibly right. talented, incredibly gifted. It's just you just need to know where to zig and where to zag. Yeah. And we wanted to make that information readily accessible um, so that they didn't have to step in the same puddles that we did. Exactly. And so, like, what are... And this is going to kind of, I guess, position us for some of the content. But what are some specific challenges that you think that women are facing in the workplace? You know, I think that there's still a lot of firsts. There are still a lot of environments that are predominantly male and that have uh, and that have been built to support that archetype. Right. Um, it's not so long ago that I went to boardrooms and they didn't have a, a ladies room. You know, they only had a men's room. Like, yeah. you know, um, I've um, still talked to clients and folks that I mentor that they'll do a company prize for, you know, employee of the month or an incentive prize. And it's a duck hunting trip or you know, things that I'm not remotely interested in or do not resemble a prize in any way, shape or form. You know, so I think that when something is built for one group and built with one group in mind and then you bring along any kind of 
diversity, any kind of change, there has to be some type of give and take on both sides. I've got to plug into your way of doing things and you might have to change how you're doing things, you know? So um, I think that negotiation is what we're, that dance is what we're in the middle of right now. And you're working with the companies as well. That is so important. Mm -hmm. That is so important because like you said, it needs to be, it has to be both sides. Otherwise, like it's, it's going to be a lot tougher, I imagine. Um, the other thing that you you talked about, I noticed when I was researching Watcher Work, is you talk about closing that achievement gap. What do you mean by the achievement gap? And if you could talk about that, that'd be that'd be great. Sure. I mean, we've all seen the slideshows, right? Yeah. You know, women make you know thirteen cents of every dollar that men make. Right. You know, all the, yeah. the horrible statistics that are really terrible and can be incredibly discouraging. Um, but the the bottom line is that this is a homeostasis problem. Right. You remember homeostasis from ninth grade biology. Mm-hmm. Um, when your body is hot, you sweat. When your body's cold, you shiver. Right. Everything in your life is aligned for you to be normal, regular, ordinary, average. So here comes this power chick that thinks she's going to step into this environment that is not built for her. And she is essentially fighting homeostasis. She's fighting the norm. She's fighting the way things are normally done and what a leader looks like. I have a, one of my favorite T-shirts. Um, it says it just says Captain on the front. Nice. And I love it because we still, if we're honest, still think of Captain, Doctor, Leader. We still think of a man when we think of some of these words. Right. And it's... It makes sense, right? This has been hundreds of years in the making. It's not going to be unraveled in 10 years. Right. Um, so there's a patience that we have to have around patience. sociological change, but we have to be deliberate about how we facilitate that change. Exactly. You know? Um, I love but- that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You got to really think about it and be intentional. So some of the challenges that I see um, are on both sides of this equation is we're not accommodating. For example, do do we have to have the Monday morning call at 730 in the morning when I'm dropping my kids off at school? Right. No. What happens if we do that at 830? Nothing. Right. <laughs> like, so there's accommodation. But then there's also, when I speak to women, I encourage women. Um, it's also not opting out. It's not self-limiting. You know, it's speaking up. It's asking for that promotion. You know, and let's be honest. We're socialized to not ask. We're socialized to not rock the boat, to be peacekeepers, harmonizers, to make everyone comfortable. You come into my house. Would you like something to drink? Would you Like, that's how we're socialized socialized. Yeah. Cross every T, dot every I. Then we get to work and the person who doesn't cross the T's and breaks the rules and is loud and is aggressive and whatever, now that skill set is all of a sudden the skill set that rises to the top of organizations. Well, wait a minute. There's a shift that we have to go through in yeah. that process. So that's where I live. I live in the shift. Great. Fantastic answer. And uh, I just want to, um, I guess, launch into the heart of this episode. You and this impressed me, by the way, you've interviewed hundreds of successful women executives. So you've been out there actually in the field um, and you cite that the common thing that binds them is their ability to master themselves so they can go out in the world and master the world. Yeah. So um, can you talk about what, quote unquote, master yourself, master your world means? And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I think it's just a question of. As, as you talk about women and leadership for women and opportunities for women, there are kind of two camps, 
right? There's actually three. There's three camps. There's the group that does all of the record keeping. Those are the folks that do all the slideshows and the the statistics and the, it, ain't it terrible, right? Then you have the other group that's very future oriented. We've got to get to 50% of the board female and we've got and that work is important. Both groups are essential. I really want to live right in the middle. Every person has to go to work today or tomorrow. It's not we can't um right. we can't just live in the past and let that past limit what we think of as our possibilities for right. the future. Yeah. But we're also we haven't reached nirvana yet. So I think that you have to kind of be obsessive, obsessively, obsessively focused on what is in your control. I think that there should be paid uh, maternal leave, um, paid sick leave. We should support parents more in the workplace. There are a million legislative changes. I wish I could wave a magic wand sure. and make them happen tomorrow. I can't. But I can ask for a raise. I can make sure I'm structuring my um, deals correctly. I can make sure I'm networking and building the right relationships. There are things that I can control. And I find that the women that I know that are incredibly successful have focused on the things that are within their control to influence. Can you give a story about one specific amazing woman you've interviewed or talked to in the past that really took control of their own lives and really made it happen for themselves? Um, sure. Oh, gosh, I have to pick just one. I love stories. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that that I have seen... Here's a perfect example. Yep. I've got a dear friend of mine who is extremely successful. She's general counsel of a Fortune 500 company. And um, incredibly power, powerful, incredibly successful. And I remember um, we were talking about um, helping people. And she said, yeah, I only help five people a year. And I was like, wait, what do you, like, what do you mean? You help five people a year? <laughs> she said... I can put a penny on a thousand people or I can put a thousand dollars on five. Yeah, I like that. And I remember like literally I couldn't get it out of my mind for a week because that's how she operates her entire life. Focus, extreme attention to the things that you want to advance instead of being um, disparate and disperse and too widely spread thin so that you're not really effective. Yeah. So I think like adopting the women that I interact with that are successful have adopted practices that really follow that through line of what matters here, you know? So getting like very hyper-targeted and specific. And not letting people pull you off of that, right? Um, as an African-American woman, I've been in um, situations where people have said, incredible things to me. I had an EVP call me into the office to say, you know, Denise, I like you. You you might be the smartest person in this office, but I got to tell you, a black person can't make it in this business. You should learn to make the flyers and the banners like the marketing girl because everybody needs flyers and banners. What? He was so serious and he meant it, right? So Wait, I, what, did, what, did, what, was, what did you say after? <laughs> <laughs> you said, but... Flyers and banners. Yeah, everybody needs flyers and banners. Yeah. You should be over but there. But you're the smartest. You're the smartest. But why, that doesn't even logically make any because sense. Because it's not logical, yeah. right? But I had a choice right in that moment. 
Do I flip the table over? Do I curse him out? Do yeah, I start do? a big argument? I, I said, you know, I, I think I'll focus on financial analysis. And I yeah. walked out of the room. Yeah. You know why? He brought in millions of dollars for the office. And I don't know if they were, would have backed him or would have backed me. <clears throat> I don't know. More importantly, it's not even really about the consequence of it. It's that I'm not here to raise him. I'm not here to make this 60-something-year-old man a better person. I'm here to achieve my objectives. I and it. I think yeah. that sometimes we we let people remove us from our route and take our eyes off the prize. And the women that I know, it doesn't mean that you ignore microaggressions. It doesn't mean that you never stand up for yourself. It doesn't mean – it's just you don't go to every fight you're invited to. Yeah. There's a, a really good book that I read. I, I can't say it out loud because it, it's the subtle art of not giving a blank. <laughs> and uh, he talks about that uh, same exact thing. It's like it's it would be impossible to pick like every single battle out there. You got to you got to pick the battles that matter to you and you got to give the F's that are meant to be given. So um, that's that's such a good point. And um, yeah, I just I just pictured the entire scene in my head. So now I'm just like, what? (laughs) That is, I just can't believe that. I got a bunch of, I have have so many of those stories, you wouldn't believe it. And just think, if I had flipped the table over, I would have been the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. If I had cried because it really hurt my feelings, women can't make in this business or we're not tough enough. Like you see, like there's no matter what, I don't, I refuse to allow anyone to weaponize my reaction. Yeah. Against me. Against you. Never. Never. I'm in charge of what I want the outcome of this situation to be. And so my job is to keep my cool. So I'm making logical decisions and I'm supporting my goals because otherwise you're just reacting. I don't ever want to react. I always want to respond. Love it. Love it. Great. So I think there's just so much to cover in a short time and I want to I want to eventually get everything. But maybe that's another day. Um <laughs> There's some things that in your workshop I think are going to be a good start. So let's start with what mastering your mindset is about. Um, we talked about the stories that we tell ourselves in our past conversation. Um, but what's what's mastering your mindset about? There are so many things you have to unlearn. You don't even realize how many stories are bouncing around in your head that really limit the way you approach the world and how you think about things. It's 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 we're on autopilot. And so how do you turn off that autopilot? How do you get off cruise control? Right. For example, um, Rapunzel, you know, inappropriately long hair. We all know the story. She has this crazy long hair. She helps the witch get in and out of the tower with her hair. She helps the prince get in and out of the tower with her hair. Girl, it was your hair. Why didn't you help yourself get out of that tower? Right. And it's funny that it wasn't until I was in my 40s that that even occurred to me that that why didn't she help herself? Right. Um, Think about the Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. You can have the man of your dreams. All you have to do is give up your voice. (laughs) Yeah. It's I I don't think I haven't even thought about these things in a long time. But, yeah, that's 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 a good point. Literally, Ariel gives up her voice and her mermaid status. We all want mermaid (laughs) status, but she gave it up. She had never spoken to the prince. Do you understand? She gave up her entire life, her family, everything. She had never spoken to him. What a message, right? And then um, Beauty and the Beast. Let's let's recap the story. Belle's father is in the dungeon, freezing, cold, sick, about to die. Belle finds him and trades her life for his life, right? Now she's a prisoner in the in the castle. 
The beast scares her so badly one night that she literally grabs her coat and runs out into the wolf-infested woods. That's how terrified she was of him. Yeah. Walk me through how they end up in love. It's like Stockholm Syndrome, right? And what is the lesson? Let's just see. Yeah. Hmm. True love will make a beast a prince. Do we want to tell nope. our little girls <laughs> that true love will make a beast a prince? Absolutely, absolutely not. Oh, no. he hit me, but yeah. he's sorry. If I just if I didn't upset him, if I just yeah. loved him more, right? Yeah. Think about that yeah. message. But how many? Every single kid in America has seen that movie. They they've remade it three different times, three different ways. Yeah, and so I think that's a good example of like what causes these stories to become ingrained in our heads like since like we're a child like how can these things happen to us for us to have such a negative i guess belief system i think we just don't understand that that there is another narrative that has been in play but it's been it got here first right (laughs) (laughs) it was here when we got here and so we've got to unravel that and we've got to have the courage to unlearn we've got to have the courage to push back on it and to and to challenge it right look at even a woman running for office a woman running for president look at you can't be too nice so you can't be you know too aggressive and you have to be likable but you have to be you can't be too friendly and you you can't be it's just like this little narrow strip that you have to tread um and it's crazy if you ask a five-year-old girl, four-year-old girl, like, you know, how many women presidents do you think we've had? She'd be like, well, half, right? Ten? Twenty? Like, if they, yeah. didn't know, they didn't know, it would yeah. feel ridiculous that there's never – it would feel ridiculous to a five-year-old. But to us, that's our norm. And I think that we always have to challenge the things that we think of as sometimes sacrosanct of our belief systems about what works and – um, what does a mother look like? What is a good mother? Mm-hmm. Right. And should the man make more money? Mm-hmm. And should like there are all these things that even if you don't believe it, really, if you say you don't believe it, it's in the back of your head and you and other people believe it. So you have yeah. to navigate it. Yeah. And that's OK. So one thing we talked about was like that quest for true clarity. Yeah. I think it's like you have to find out for yourself what is the truth, despite what society you know has told you and what. Maybe your mom told you or what, you know, someone told you when you're a little three-year-old kid running around the playground. People that love you. Right. People that love you and want you to thrive will say, I don't know if you should buy a house because, you know, single women, they say that if – the statistics say that once you buy a house, you'll never get married. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you should take that international assignment. You're going to be over there by yourself. And, I mean, what if somebody takes you? And what They love you. But remember, their job is to keep you regular. They're Mm -hmm. a part of that ecosystem that maintains that – that homeostasis. You can't be CEO of an international company if you never take an international assignment. Right. <laughs> right? So you cannot operate in fear. And you've got to be willing to challenge those beliefs that are strongly held all around you. They are st- People believe them. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have the courage to say, wait, do I believe this for me? Is this how I want to live my life? Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember I was running. I used to run marketing and promotions for AOL. I ran the South Florida region. So I did all the NBA and NFL contracts and all the the big events in South Florida. As you can imagine, there were many. Yeah. Right? So I have this high-powered executive job and I'm running like one of the biggest populated states and I'm killing the game and I'm doing it. 
And at this point, I'm a single mom. I recently got divorced, and and so I'm living in a new state. I moved to um, Florida for this job, and I get a letter home from school. My daughter's in the third grade at this point. And the letter says, hey, we're doing a bake sale. Hope you'll donate something for the bake sale. Great. Fine. No problem. And then a handwritten note at the bottom of the letter from the teacher that says, please take the time to bake something with your child. They're only young once. And these are the memories that will form their childhood. You know, I went down to that school. <laughs> I had to go to the school the next day. And I yeah. said, and I was just, I, I, I read yeah. it to her and I said, walk me through what this means. So okay. my daughter doesn't learn about her mother running a whole region for a major Fortune 100 company. Right, right, She doesn't right. learn. All those yeah. lessons don't matter. The thing that's going to make a difference <laughs> is if we bake cookies. <laughs> Oh How God. ridiculous is that? <laughs> and I said, I am not challenged or um, I don't doubt myself because I got your letter. But there are women that will. Yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. that's why I came down here. Like we're not our motherhood is not <clears throat> defined by how many cookies we bake. Right. It's how we form the character and the lives of our children. Right. So here's another woman that theoretically is my ally. I don't have any family in the city. It's me and you tackling the raising of this child. And that's her belief system. Right. Right. So I think that it's really important to understand even people that are other women, other minorities, other just other people yeah. that you think should be aligned. The courage to break with them and to say, no, no, no. This is my truth for me. Right. Okay. This is how I'm going to handle my life. So let me, in great story, by the way, let me ask you, though, what if this is something that is so, I guess, deeply ingrained in us on a subconscious level, what's what's step one, I guess, to just getting beyond that and really because I'm sure it's a process. I'm sure I can't just maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I can't just flip a switch and say, like, I'm just going to completely change my belief system. It's courage. Courage. It's courage. It's the willingness to seek clarity, to seek truth, to to challenge and test every belief, right? It's yeah. it's courage. You know, my favorite scene of Jurassic Park, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, is movie. when the um uh, velociraptors are in the cage and and they ask, Well, what are they doing? Because they keep testing the cages, looking for weak spots. And I that I that always rattles around in my head do you have the courage to test the cage because every time they hit it it zapped them Mm -hmm. but they got up and they tested another place yes and then one day the fence was off and they got out right and there are people who because they don't have the courage to test the fence they'll never get out yeah it's it's um and then i don't know who coined this originally but it's similar almost to rejection or exposure therapy and actually putting yourself out there. And I'm a believer of actually like living it out. And I think having the courage to go through and, and um, live that world you want to live in is, I think is incredibly important. And hard. It's hard. It's it's very hard. It requires stamina. It requires tenacity. It requires great people skills. And because you have to explain yourself all the time. Well, why are you doing that? How dare you break this norm? You know, when I go in and say, why is the PTO meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. 
Right. That's rocking the boat because the moms, that's that's convenient for them, for the stay at home moms. But what you're saying is that 51 percent of us that are working moms, we don't matter and we don't care about our kids. We care about our kids just like you care about your kids. Move it. Right. That's a rocky conversation. That's shaking the status quo for somebody. Right. And I think to have those moments and to create those moments, you have to have an artful um, communication style, and you have to be patient with okay. people and understand everybody's not where you're gonna be, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's a process. You have to. You also have to, I think, conceptualize it as a process. You're not gonna be with me tomorrow, right? Right. But if I'm if I'm consistent, maybe you'll catch up. Right. And people do catch up and you have somebody's at a at a three and maybe tomorrow they get to a five and you have to let them do that. Let them have that maturation process. But you can't change what you're doing. You've got to be laser focused. I mean, I think about the startup space. I mean, your mom, you know, they want you to be a great job down at some company where you're getting a good 401k and whatever. And you go and say, hey, mom, I'm going to, you know, bet it all on black, (laughs) bet it all on number 33 and start this business. Like that's terrifying. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they will, they love you and they, they're trying to protect you, but be careful. They will love you into mediocrity. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to be there. I want to be extraordinary. Yeah. And it takes a courage and a and a yeah. grit if you're going to push through and do something really incredible. Yeah. I've had the the fortune and the really strong fortune of having parents that have been very supportive in anything I do. They've never really pressured me to my dad's a doctor, so you imagine like the stereotype like you sure. you know, be a doctor too. But uh my parents were lovingly never like that and I think it made a true uh, difference. I'm not saying like this to brag or anything. I just that's just my fortune. What it was like, but it's a blessing. I know plenty of other people who like their mom or dad really wanted them to have like a dentist job or like sure. a doctor job or something Absolutely. very specific. Lawyer. So. They want you to be something yeah. safe and normal, and you know. But but I think I've got friends who they make well in excess of two million dollars a year. Their husband They're, doesn't have to work. Right. But you know how hard it is to go to a, a, a cocktail party and explain like, so what do you do? Oh, I, I take care of the kids. If you're a man, that's courage. Mm-hmm. That's cur- yeah. But but guess what? She can't make that money if one of them is not at home raising their kids. Right. But the courage to do that is significant. And yeah. we have to allow for that. Um, um, and. Everybody, you know, it's not for everyone. (laughs) I Um, I think there are some of us that are just at the tip of the spear and at the front line. And so when I'm talking to women, I'm really encouraging them to find that courage. And and, and it's small places. It's small places. Women are raised to be martyrs. Take care of everyone. Help everyone. If If your child needed to be, wants to play hockey or needs to be in a course or needs to do SAT prep, you will move heaven and hell. You'll find the money. You'll you'll make room in the schedule for them to get picked up and dropped. Like you figure out. But what about you? What what classes do you need for you to be sharp on in your career? What um, quiet time do you need to refuel so that you can be competitive tomorrow? Like, do you make yourself a priority the way you make everyone else a priority? Yeah. That's courageous. I don't do it enough. I'll be I'll be real. It's mm-hmm. it's so you have to make time for it cuz no one else is going to do it for you. No way. So just to shift the conversation, um I want to make sure we get to cover energy as well. It's a huge topic that we devoted like four episodes to, mm-hmm. probably in a different way that we're going to uh, discuss here. Um uh, but 
I get it. Like energy is really important. So what nuggets of knowledge would you have for someone looking to manage their energy? I think everyone's clear that they have to budget their money. Right. You understand I got my paycheck. My paycheck is two thousand dollars. I've got to pay my rent. I've got to pay my this. I've got to pay my that. Like you're you're crystal clear that it's a finite resource and you have to be careful where you budget its use. Your energy is exactly the same. What you feed is what grows. So you say these five people are the most important people in my life. My mom, my my wife, my daughter, my child, whatever. Um, These are my five most important people in my life. But you don't speak to them for three weeks or two weeks. You don't have an actual conversation. You never make the time to really look them in the eye and have a meal with them because you're so busy doing every everybody else's priorities. Yeah. What are the most important things for your life, right? If you feel like I have to exercise, you have to carve out that time, and you have, but you have to budget for it. You can't think it's going to like accidentally happen. <laughs> And I think that that's how we approach a lot of things when it comes to energy. We push yes. through, yes. you know, um, we push through, we're going to soldier up, we're going to, you know, like just, but then you crash and you're useless. Like I, I know for me um, when, you know, like we're doing this podcast right now, you don't want me to get here and be exhausted and not clear and not sharp and not, you know, able to answer the questions. And not, I mean, if I go to Beyonce concert, I don't want to hear that she can only do three of the songs because the kids were crying last night. You know, like fi- figure that mess out. Like get your life yes. organized in such a way Thank that you. when you yeah. need to show up, yeah. you can show up. Absolutely. And I yeah. think that requires a budget of where you place your energy, it requires saying no. Yeah. It requires, um, you know, I, I have a phrase, don't feed the pigeons. Understand that there are, there are things and programs and even charities and good deeds in your life that if you feed one, you get a horde that's all <laughs> over you. You have to be careful about what you say yes to. Okay. So if I'm uh, inferencing correctly, so you're saying that what we should do is look at the most important things and people in our lives and accordingly plan our energy to where we're devoting it towards those things. Correct. Yeah. Whatever that budget amount is. I'm not telling you what it is for you. It depends on the person, right? It's like when people say, I'm, you know, I can't find anyone to date. I'm not going out on dates. I'm not meeting people. Okay. Well, tell me what you're doing with your time. Well, I really go to work. I go to the gym. I go. Okay. So where are you going to meet? Do you think they're coming to your desk at the office? Yeah, you're like, like I'm too tired to go out now just oh, because yeah. you haven't managed your. Oh, right. I got yeah. on the app, dating app, but it's yeah. so much work. It's too many people to talk to. Okay, well, you didn't budget your time for something you say you want. I didn't tell you to want it. You said that you want it. So it's like whatever it is that you say that you want to have in your life. If there is not an allocation of time and energy for that, you don't really want it. You're just. It's just words. Yeah. Right. So that means, okay, I got to leave work at 530 because I have to go to this networking event because I'm plugging into a new city and I need to meet some new friends. Okay. Whatever, whatever it is, you have to budget for it. You know, I want to lose weight. Okay. To, to maintain weight, you can do 30 minutes, you know, three times a week. 
But if you want to lose weight, that's a whole different situation. Oh, yeah. So what have you budgeted for meal prep? Have you budgeted for more grocery shopping? Have you budgeted? Like you have to budget for it from an energetic standpoint. And you've got to do things that feed your energy. You've got to beware of people that are energy drains. And we all know who those people are in our lives. Um, You got to let some calls go to voicemail. You can't respond to every email. You can't jump up and just pick up your phone first thing in the morning. Like, center yourself. Like, get your energy right. It's so critically important because otherwise you're showing up at 30% every place you roll into. You're always tired. You're, you're, you're always dragging. You're always yeah. – that's not, that's not the brand that you want. And people perceive that. They perceived if you feel haggard or spent or always – like, you don't have – you don't have the world, your world, under control. Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do to have it together. And sometimes that means you have to pay for it. You yeah. have to pay for a housekeeper. You have to pay for a tutor to, to do your homework with your kids. You have to pay for those services. Okay, whatever you have to do. But you have to understand that your energy is a finite resource. Yes. And when it's gone, it's gone. Yes. And when you push yes. past the point of it being gone, you deplete some stores that you you need for later. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you cannot push yourself to the point of exhaustion every couple of weeks. And ha- that's when people are getting sick and you start having headaches all the time and you're putting a toll on your body. Yeah. Your body's your instrument. Absolutely. I wrote one of the things I wrote on one of my iPhone notes, and this is in all caps. I was like, Chris, your energy is everything. You can't bring uh, like you can't bring your best here if you don't have the best optimum energy. And for me, like I, I've always had this constant battle between being stressed out and tired and just like all of a sudden having the energy. And it's like this kind of this, I want to say it's like a vicious cycle. But, um, so one thing I realized for me is I needed almost like one and a half to two hours of wind down time before I hit the hay. And, um, you know, because I would used to constantly just be texting, just like get on my Facebook, I would drink sometimes like a few just a nightcap or a couple of drinks right before bed and i realized like in the morning it was causing me to wake up more groggy and i would not bring my best self to whatever i was doing the next day so i literally schedule like two hours wind down time stop whatever you're doing and just like fold some laundry read a book chill out for a little bit and and this is particularly difficult in a technical age where all of our devices oh yeah it's light it's you can't even wind down to go to sleep and as entrepreneur you know you're always thinking about your business oh oh, let me just send this email let me just send this text really quickly and so it's 10 o'clock at night and you're answering emails you know and we have a culture that sometimes glorifies that unfortunately so Unfortunately so. Yeah. And like one thing I, I think I, I sent out on a LinkedIn post, I was like, it is like, it's good to hustle. In fact, like hustling is, is important when it's necessary, but you have to rest just as hard as you hustle. Otherwise you're going to burn out. And I've, I've been a victim of it too. So cool. Awesome. What final words of advice would you have for a woman right now who really wants to take their career in their own hands and really own it? There are so many changes that have happened in the last 10, 20 years. And in a lot of ways, um, you have to have the courage to realize that you never step in the same river twice. That every time you, every time you go into a meeting, go into a new industry, start a project, it's a new experience. And you've got to shed 
all the old stuff, right? So many of us, the truth of the matter is the door is cracked open. The question is, are you ready to walk through? Because if you're not ready to walk through, it doesn't matter how many glass ceilings are removed. So I think that when you think about what you want for your life and what you want for your career, get as ready as you can possibly be. Just be as ready as possible. I've got a friend who um, works on a, a TV show. She's an actress on a national TV show. And they went from all the directors being male and then, like, I want to say last year, they said half of the directors are going to be female. That, because every episode has a different director. What a huge change. Yeah. I mean, within the space of a year or two to make that change, huge. That's massive. What if those women weren't ready? Right. So somebody right. made right. a space for them. Right. But what if you hadn't been honing your craft? Yeah. What if you hadn't been developing your communication skills and you hadn't, you know, been sharpening your knowledge exactly. of the game? You, you wouldn't be ready when the door is cracked open. Yeah. So my challenge to the women that are listening is get ready. Yeah. Get ready and get ready to kick that door down. I love it. Cool. I'm sure we have so many spiked up, intrigued people listening right now. How can people find out more about you? And are you on social? I am on social. Is there anyone that's not on social? Um, <laughs> I've always asked that and I've always said yes. So yeah. <laughs> so you can find me on all the platforms um, at official DHAM, like official Denise Hamilton, um, and Watch Your Work TV, and obviously at watchyourwork.com. Um, we are um, traveling. I travel quite a bit all over the country and hope that you'll keep up with us and, you know, show up when we're uh, in your city because um, we'd love to meet you. I loved hearing women's stories. I love curating women's stories and their experiences. Um, We have oral tradition that, you know, is everything from sharing what the best lipstick is and the best underwear and the best, you know, taco stand. Um, And now let's start sharing some business advice and some, um, uh, professional practices that are going to take us to the next level in our careers. That's great. And master yourself, master your world, which inspired some of these questions here. That's that's available through that website. Yes, on okay. watcherwork.com. And, um, you know, it is long and it's meaty. And I want to warn you because you, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I don't do fluff. It's a meaty set of it's a lot I, if, I was of information because yeah. I want to really challenge and shake up how you're thinking about the world. So uh, strap in and come on, come with us on this journey. Awesome. Well, Denise Hamilton, thank you so much. You've been a great, great guest. And for those of you who are listening to this right now, I'm going to drop those links um, in the description of this podcast. So check it out if you're jogging or driving. We want you to be safe and uh, get home and actually click that to check out Denise and see what she's doing. So, Denise, thanks so much. It was a pleasure to have you in the studio. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Perfect. And this concludes our episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Just so many nuggets of knowledge here. And I'm so glad that we did this episode. Um, Like I said earlier, because a lot of this stuff is psychological, things that we have been taught ever since we were kids. I know a lot of the belief systems that I have and a lot of the things and habits that I do every day come from just a lifetime of doing things. So as Denise said, we really should have that type of that self-awareness and not only that, but the courage to stand up and make the decision to to change our process and and um, and really change our lives by taking it and mastering our world. So this concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.